Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. This is Jim Oliver, your host. And today we've got a very special guest who wrote one of my favorite business books, Mike Michalowicz. Mike, welcome. Jim, hey, thanks so much for having me. So let me just tell you a little bit about Mike. Uh, for anybody out there that hasn't read Profit First, if you haven't read it, you need to get it. Um, and the first five people that go on and review Breakaway Wealth, I'll actually buy you a copy of, Pro of, of Profit First. Actually, I'll give you your option. We'll, we'll talk about uh, Mike's uh, latest book later in the show, and I'll give you your choice. I'll, but I'll buy the first 10 books of people that go on and, um, and uh, review Breakaway Wealth. But Mike is an entrepreneur. He's uh, built three multi-million dollar companies. He's the author, like I said, of Profit First, Clockwork, The Pumpkin Plan, and then his newest book, Fix This Next. And um, Mike, t tell us a little bit, uh, where do you live? Married, kids? Yes, yes, uh, out of New Jersey. So yeah, I have three Jersey. kids, married. Uh, I had kids when I was very young. So I had my first son when I was 21. Yep. And uh, now my wife and I have three children in total, and they're all adults. That's so nice. uh, supposedly we're empty nesters, but everyone's kind of moved back home. And one of them brought a girlfriend back with them. So uh -oh. we, we have a full nest and a half. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. Well, it's, it's, you know, I had kids really young, and then, then, I, then I got remarried um, with somebody who had kids that, or a daughter that was young and now I'm raising a granddaughter. So I'm going to be oh, about great. 65 when I'm in the position you're in, um, Mike, <laughs> but you know, there, there are worse things to happen in your life, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, I read your, uh, book profit first when it first came out and, um, and I actually, I own some businesses and I tried to implement it with one of my business partners that just didn't get it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how the book came about some of the principles, and, and it's almost got, I don't want to say, it sounds wrong to say a cult following, but people that get it and understand it, they're all in. Yeah, yeah, they're visceral about it. So, you know, Profit First came about, I'd say now 12 years ago for me, I uh, started my first, I, I built and sold a couple companies. My first business was a private equity deal. My second was a Fortune 500 exit. And I'm like, I got it all figured out. I thought it was hot shit and I wasn't, uh, I, I was shit. This is not hot shit. And, um, I, I lost all my money in my third venture as an angel investor. I sucked at it and I had to uh, face my family and tell them we we're going to lose everything because of it. I, I lost my house over it, lost possessions, cars, um, and I had to restart. And that, that was the impetus behind me researching out what makes entrepreneurs successful. What's the simple stuff that we can do that, that drives impact. Uh, and I, I, I've devoted my life to studying that and writing about it. So every book I've written admittedly is actually fixing things I don't understand about entrepreneurship and need to master. Um, profit was a major component and the core concept of profit first was this. I realized that, um, according to the SBA, 83% of businesses are in check to check survival. Um, that's a lot of businesses. And what would so confounding to me was that there's 28 million small businesses and so many people can't figure it out. What's wrong with us? And then I realized the foundational formula that sales minus expense equals profit 
It's flawed, not, not in the math, but it's flawed in the behavior. Because when we put something last, it means it's insignificant. We actually call profit our, the bottom line. We call it the year end. Those are all terms for insignificance, delay. So most of us don't make profit. We wait till the end of the year. We look at our income statement. It's not there. And we say, oh, maybe next year. And we kick the can down the road on profit. So why teaching profit first is to do exactly that. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. And in practice, every time money comes into your firm, you immediately take a predetermined percentage, allocate it toward a profit account, hide the money from your business, and your business lives off the remainder. It's the pay yourself first principle in our personal finances applied to business. You know, I was just going to say that when you, when, you, when you talk about that and describe that, I immediately, my brain goes to a book I read 30 some years ago, which is The Richest Man in Babylon. Awesome book. Yeah. Right. And I used to hand that book out. I used to buy it for three or four dollars a copy. And I would. And I've always been. Uh, I like to share books that I that I really have an impact on me. But he talks about that. Pay yourself first, right? So why, if you do that in your personal life, and a lot of the people that are entrepreneurs, they do that in their personal lives, but they don't do it in their business lives. It just doesn't make sense, right? Right. And I didn't either, right? So in my personal life, I, I, admittedly, I wasn't doing it because I, I ruined myself. I, I knew of it. I did it for a period of time, you know, hiding some money away in a 401k and so forth. But then I ate up that money trying to start businesses. I realized that our personal finances and our business finances, when we're small business owners, it's lockstep. Yeah. So if we have to do something in our personal life, it also must be replicated in our business or vice versa. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to translate this into business. So it's the pay yourself first principle. It's the envelope system. There's other elements of uh, successful money management systems that we use in personal lives interpreted specifically to business. That's awesome. Um, so what are some of the things, what are maybe the biggest questions that you get when somebody writes you or, or reaches out to you? What, what, what do people struggle with this or once they get it? Cause I'm just thinking of a few people that I know that do it and they, they don't struggle with it. It's, it seems pretty simple and they, and, and, you know, we've, we've implemented it in, in our businesses too. Like I said, there's one or two that, that we're trying to get the other partners that are the operating partners to understand this concept. But yeah. what, what maybe are some roadblocks that people have with this? Well, that one exactly was just skepticism. So many people say, it's too simple to work. It's too easy. It's actually a form of justifying our old method. Our old method is not working, but to say that the solution is so simple is to take the money first. It, it confounds us. And we say, no, no, I'm going to keep trying to keep trying to do the hard way, the old way and see if that will work. Uh, and listen, and I get it. I was skeptical. I didn't do this because I believed in it. I did it because I was desperate. Like I was out of money. I was starting a new business. I'm like, I have to be profitable. What if I take my profit first? And that's how it started. Um, this, the second thing is actually people that do try it go all in. And that's the problem too, is that they, they, they try it at full throttle. They say, you know what? I've never been profitable. Let's start taking 20% of the top line or 30% of the top line and really drive profit. And it works for about two days. And then they're overwhelmed by the bills they have. It all collapses. It effectively makes this shell game. We put money in the profit account and we pull it right back out. So the key, the people who are successful and we now have easily 350,000 companies doing this globally that it, they start slow and let it grow. They start with 1%. So the $1,000 comes in, they take 1%, $10, hide it away from the business, they put in a profit account. Because if a business can run off $1,000, can run off $990, the, the impact on the operations is minimal to not nil. But the impact on to retrieving profit or I should say accumulating profit is very impactful. We, we see that. We start to believe in the system more. We start to allocate them two or 3%. And over time, we 
we build into it. And then in the profit first system, I actually have what I call the five foundational accounts. We add accounts for other purposes too. That's awesome. And if anybody, like I said, you got to read this book. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, there's a lot of real estate investors. This is, this is really, you have to have this system. It makes it just, it, like you said, it's simple, simple. I think Einstein, now I can't attribute, I can't find this if I Google this, but Einstein, I think, is attributed to the quote, simplicity is elusive. So simple doesn't mean easy though, right? All right, so let's yeah. talk about the next book, Fix This Next. Yeah, so so Fix This Next, I'm really excited about this book. I, I dare say this is, this is the pinnacle of my work to this point, and maybe ever. I, uh, I sent an email out about five years ago, Jim, to my readers saying, what do you need now? What's the biggest challenge you're facing in your business this year? It's something I ask regularly because that is the impetus behind writing a new book. So I asked, what's the biggest challenge you're facing this year? And I got feedback, but me not being the most technically savvy guy, I like triple clicked or something because the email went out three times <laughs> on the same day. And some people, the same people responded with different annual challenges on the same day saying in the morning, we have a huge sales challenge this year. We got to fix it. The same person then said, well, actually I got an employee and recruitment challenge. Well, actually it's, it's a systems challenge. Big challenges were changing by the minute, even though they were annual challenges. My realization was that the biggest challenge a business owner has is knowing what their biggest challenge is. So I wrote Fix This Next as a very simple system to pinpoint exactly what to work on in your business next. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, prioritization and figuring out, we were just talking about that yesterday um, with uh, Michael Lennington, who wrote a 12-week year with Brian Moran. And that's kind of what that book does is it's what do you focus on, right? So yeah. I think that one, you got to figure out what you want why you want it. And then, then you got to focus on it. And that's kind of, it sounds like that's what you're saying. The new book helps you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because most people are stuck in what I call the survival trap. And actually there's a real simple illustration we can do in our mind uh, that demonstrates why we stay struck. Um, so if, if you draw the letter or stuck, I should say, if you draw the letter A and put a circle around it on the center of a piece of paper or in your mind, that represents where our business is now. And for many businesses, particularly what we're going through right now with this pandemic is crisis and challenge. Then as a second step, you can draw an arrow away from A. So A is, you know, it's point A, draw an arrow in any direction you choose. And what the arrow represents is a way out of the now, out of the crisis. But you can do this in other directions. So draw another arrow or two in other directions. So those are all options we have to escape the now. But the final step is draw B in the bottom center of that piece of paper uh, in your mind. And the question was, how many of those arrows pointed to where B is? And in most cases, none. Um, and the reason is because we don't know what B is. B is what our business needs from us. But most of us are considering the now. We're not considering what the business needs next. So B is the word is next. A is now. So most of us are escaping the now, but we simply end up in the next now. That's why so many business owners live crisis to crisis. They consider themselves firefighters. I come in today. I put out a fire. I come in tomorrow. Sometimes, and this is actually even more sinister is sometimes one of those arrows we drew just happens to go where our business needs us. It's called happenstance. Happenstance happens. The problem is you, that's the, the emotion I should say is when you come in one day and everything just feels to click and you're like, this was the day I finally got figured out my business is moving forward. I got this. And then the next day it's crisis all over again. The reason is our movement toward what our business needs next happened by chance, but we didn't realize what our business needs next. So what we need, and we explain and fix this next, is a very simple way 
to pinpoint exactly what our business needs from us. Then we escape the now, the crisis of now by moving to our business needs next and satisfying that. It becomes a very deliberate process of marching our business forward. And we stop hitting that glass ceiling. And we start busting through it and moving forward to our vision. That's awesome. Yeah, that that makes 100% sense. You know, I, I always, uh, the, the, you said the word that you said at the end there is our vision, right? I mean, having that vision is so important. Then how to get there and how, obviously, yeah, where you're at now. I mean, I, I used to run a financial planning firm and I had 37 representatives and I didn't put anything in my calendar most days because they would just bring me problems all day long. <laughs> and I got to the point where I hated it. You know, I, I couldn't stand it. And <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I own some businesses now that are in that crisis to crisis mode. Thank goodness I'm not running them. But, you know, that's that's really no way to live. No, it's not sustainable. Yet that's the way we run our business. And sadly, entrepreneurship has become bastardized, the concept of it so much that that's the expectation. This, this grind and hustle mentality, which is the worst mentality to have. Entrepreneurship was never deemed to be grind and hustle. Entrepreneurship is where we have a vision. And we make that vision a reality by organizing resources around us, people, technology. It's the choreographing of resources to achieve an outcome. But there's this bastardization of entrepreneurship where it's like, how hard are you going to work your ass off? How bad do you want it? Which is totally never what it's been about. But entrepreneurs right. are absorbing, absorbing that and saying, for me to be successful, I got to work longer hours than everyone else. I got to push it out harder. I got to want this more. And then they come in trapped in their own behavior of working harder and harder. So our goal, listen, I'm not saying entrepreneurship isn't hard work, but it is successful when you do smart work, when we coordinate the resources around us. That's our job. Our job is constantly, any work that we're taking on is to find ways to delegate the outcomes, uh, direct and channel our resources to achieve that outcome as efficiently as possible and keep doing that. Don't do the work, delegate the work. That's awesome. That's great, Mike. So Mike, how, how do, how do people get, obviously they can read the books. That'd probably be yeah. the first step, right? How sure. do they get more information about how you can help them or how your organization can help them? Yeah, the best way is uh, I set up a website called fixthisnext.com. And on there, Jim, is a free evaluation. You, no, no sign up, no downloads. You just go on there and you can take an examination and determine what your business needs from you now. You can identify point B, what's needed next. That's the best starting point because once you know what to work on, there's many resources out there. I hope my books will serve resources as a resource in achieving that B and satisfying it, but there's other resources too that are just as effective, but you need to know where to go. So fixthisnext.com is the starting point. Awesome. And also, um, you have a podcast too, people can listen to and subscribe. Yes. To. Entrepreneurship Elevated. Uh, just It's on Apple, iTunes. It's, it's all over the place. All of, all of them. Great. Great. Well, that, like I, I uh, was saying earlier, I, I've been riding my bike more, so I'll, I'll definitely listen to uh, the podcast. <laughs> I listened to a couple getting ready for the show, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're on a tight schedule. And so um, I really appreciate you spending your time with uh, the audience. I like to ask everybody, and you probably have been on a lot of shows that do this, but give me one piece of advice that somebody gave you along the line, Mike, that, um, and you know, you kind of have, obviously, the book, the, the first book is, is great advice, pay yourself first, right? Profit first. And the second book is great advice too. But is there any other thing that sticks out to you that- hey, Sure. I, you know, I think actually one of the most fascinating pieces of uh advice I ever got was from my business coach. I've worked with business coaches my entire life and his name is Frank Mignatolo. He's retired from it. Sadly, he has actually got COVID. Uh, he's still, oh. he survived it, but he's ill. Uh, 
But he told me one time, I, I was looking at serving some clients with a new product, a new idea. I said, uh, what do you think, Frank? Is this going to sell? He says, I'll tell you my opinion. He goes, but don't listen to it. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, always listen to the customer's wallets, not the expert's words. It was fascinating insight. We all have opinion and we're, we're happy to render it, but it's really the wallets, the, the action, the spend that speaks the truth. So don't trust people's words, including the customer's words themselves. Trust their wallets. If they're willing to spend, they're validating they believe in what you have to offer. That's great advice. Mike, again, thank you so much. Breakaway Wealth, thank you um, for listening. Until next time, I'm Jim Oliver. And go to fixthisnext.com. Thank you very much. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.